for some reason, society says that we can't or we shouldn't love ourselves. And if we do, then we're selfish. And I really, really can't stand this kind of cultural belief. And it's something that I definitely do not want to pass on to my kids or anybody in my circle of friends, which happens to be you guys, which is why today I want to talk about why self-love isn't selfish. And in fact, it helps you to be a better partner, parent and friend. Hey, welcome to the self-improvement room. We're heading in to the room for the 17th time, which means this is episode number 17 of the self-improvement room with yours truly, Christy Davis, talking about self-love and how much I love me and how much you should love you and why it's okay to do so. All right, let's get into it. I hope you are listening today. I hope you've got your listening ears on. I hope you've got a pen or your notes to take note (laughs) of why it's so important and crucial to love yourself. All right, let's dive in. So in a fast-paced world, which is what we definitely live in, we often prioritise the needs of other people. In fact, most of us do it most of the time. It's really easy to neglect ourselves, so to neglect self-care and self-love. And we're living in a time where self-love is actually frowned upon, which just blows my mind. People think that nurturing ourselves is selfish. Again, blows my mind. It's not selfish. It's actually an essential part or component of our overall well-being. When we take time or make time for ourselves, so make time to exercise, relax, set boundaries, tend to our own mental health, we actually become more equipped to support and uplift those people around us. Now, I was listening to a new book uh, the other day and I finished it already, but it was called No is a Beautiful Word because I have never been very good at saying no. And I'm like, oh, I would love if no was a beautiful word in my vocabulary. So I listened to this book and he was actually quite Christian. I didn't realize, um, which I have nothing against at all. Um, But he talked about how God created the world and the seventh day was for a day of rest. And then he talked about a few studies that were done, especially or specifically on marathon runners who would practice every single day. So I don't think practice is the right word, but train every single day. So when they were getting ready for an event, they would become so obsessed and get to a point where they loved training so much that they would just do it every single day up until the event took place. And what they found in the study was the people that did 
train every single day actually performed worse than the people that trained for six days a week who had a chance to allow their body to rest because that is how we were created for our bodies to rest, replenish, rejuvenate. And if you don't allow that to happen, then you will just collapse. You will not do as well as you can do. And that was what the study had proven, which surprised a lot of people. Um, I'm not sure why. I would think that you would also do better with at least a day's rest. But my point is that we need at least that day for self-care. We need to replenish. We need to rejuvenate. We need to relax. We need to care about ourselves. And I want to delve into the reasons why self-love is so crucial when it comes to helping others. So what I will do is explore the positive kind of ripple effect that it has from investing in our own well-being. So the, the ripple effect that it has in the lives of people that we love or care about or even people that we just know or come in contact with. And again, as a result from investing in our own well-being. And I feel confident talking about this because I've spent eight years every single day, and I've talked about this a lot, eight years every single day investing into my own well-being. Before that, I was a useless mess. I couldn't do anything, mainly, or I don't know if it was mainly, I mean I had quite a lot of trauma but then that was uh, masking the ADHD that I had. So I very much struggled until I started this journey of personal development eight years ago and just stuck to it and stuck to it and stuck to it. Thankfully, I was interested in it, clearly. But the effects that or the, the ripple effects that my journey has had on my loved ones and people around me and people that come in contact with me is incredible. I was just saying to a friend of mine just the other day, that my music school alone in the last five years has donated over $15,000 in scholarships in free tuition and over $7,000 to charity in free tuition and money. So that would not have happened if I wasn't on my own personal well-being journey. So $22,000 would not have gone towards Kids who couldn't afford lessons, kids who had cancer, kids who were really struggling or their families were really struggling, that wouldn't happen if I wasn't on my own well-being journey. So the ripple effects, you just don't know how far they go. And for example, when I was a child, there was there were two school teachers that really paid extra attention, extra love, extra care to me when I needed someone when no one else was there. And if they weren't there, I'm not sure where I would be today. But I absolutely know that I can attribute part of who I am to them for the love and the care and the affection that they gave me when I was struggling with my life at that point in time. So the ripple effect is, you just don't know. Uh, But it is so beyond worth the journey. So I want to break these down into kind of like self-care activities that you can take and why if you do do these things or not why but how rather they will help 
uh, people around you, how they become selfless instead of selfish. So the first one is exercise, although that kind of sounds a bit uh, not really self-care-ish, but um, if you're anything like me, you don't like exercise, but you do it. Uh, It is a great form of self-care. And if you can find something that you love, then, you know, exercise is, is a great thing. But exercise is number one. So if you look after yourself and you exercise, then you are fueling energy for the people that you love. So if you're engaging in regular exercise, not only does it benefit your physical health and replenish your energy levels, but you become a more energized and revitalized version of yourself, which enables you to show up for your families and for the people you love enthusiastically and with vitality, with a bit of life, with a bit of zest. I know what it looks like to show up without any of that. It doesn't sound like this right now. (laughs) It sounds a lot more monotone. Having no energy, having no vitality, having no enthusiasm doesn't help anybody. You've got nothing to give somebody if you don't have those things. So by taking care of you physically, you're enhancing your ability to care for others. And not only that, you are extending your life, your time on this earth to impact others. So I always think of that when I'm getting up at 5.30 to go to one of my MMA classes or do some weight training. I think this is not only making me feel amazing, but it's giving me more longevity in life to be there for my kids and for my family and for my friends. So that's number one, exercise. Number two, self-care thing that I love to do is relax and rejuvenate. In fact, I am going away next week for a couple of nights to a beautiful, beautiful place, not too far from home, but uh, it's a little retreat where I kind of look over my business, but I also just enjoy some downtime resting and rejuvenating. And clearly my husband understands that it's important in our relationship because he has no problem with me going because he sees the benefits uh, within our family of me coming back relaxed, rejuvenated and ready to take on the next term. Because we still have school-aged kids, we kind of go term by term here. So if you're wondering what I mean the next term, I mean the next school term. So treating myself to moments of relaxation, like enjoying a massage, which I love, or taking a long bath, again, I love that, Uh, or practicing mindfulness, meditating, it can have a profound impact on mental health and emotional well-being. I know that because it has a profound impact on mine Uh, and anybody else that I know does this stuff. So these activities help us to recharge and unwind and they let us approach our relationships with a calm and clear mindset. When we're relaxed, we're more present and ready to actively listen and support everybody around us. When you're stressed, it can be very difficult to listen or care about what anyone's going through because you're going through your own shit. 
So don't let anyone tell you that relaxing and rejuvenating and going to retreats and having massages is bad or selfish because it's not. Because it's the only, well, it's one of the ways that you can de-stress and make sure that you show up as a better partner, better mother, a better friend, a better father, better parent. You can just show up better if you have self-care or if you practice rather self-care. All right, this next one was difficult for me and uh, I said it just a little while back when I was reading the book um, No is a Beautiful Word and that is setting boundaries and prioritizing our values and time. I've never been very good at that because and sometimes I'm still way over committing myself and I'll go, Christy, why did you do that? You really couldn't afford to take that on right now. Um, So that's something that I'm still learning is setting boundaries and using the word no. But learning to say no when it's necessary is a real powerful act of self-love. And in this book, Who is a Powerful Word by Kevin G. Harney, I will link to it in the show notes for you if you'd like to read it. But in this book, he talks about how saying no to things allows you to say yes to others. But more importantly, he flips that around and says, when you're saying yes to something, you're saying no to something else. And that for me was a real eye opener. So if I say yes to say, I don't play netball, but Wednesday night netball, I'm then saying no to Wednesday night dinner together with my family. If I say yes to the movies on the weekend, then I'm saying no to my family gathering on the weekend and doing something. So a yes can be a no to something else and a no can be a very powerful yes to something else. So I will link to that book in the show notes. No is a beautiful word. Fantastic book. Uh, So no, 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 no. It's a beautiful word. When you say no to certain commitments or obligations that don't align with your values, it drains you. Have you ever said something? (laughs) My husband used to do it a lot. Have you ever said yes to doing something or helping somebody or being part of something and the time comes and you're like, I wish I didn't say yes to this because I really don't feel like doing it. And then you're faced with either doing something you don't feel like doing or saying no and putting them out when you could have said no at the beginning. So what we want to do is create space to focus on what truly matters to us and then allocate our time and energy to those things. We don't want to drain ourselves by saying yes all of the time. We want to free up valuable resources so we can say yes to the things that actually fulfill us. And that lets us offer our undivided attention and support to those we care about without feeling overwhelmed or depleted. And again, that's something that I'm still working on. Although I don't feel a great deal of overwhelm, I definitely end up feeling depleted. And as much as I do practice self-care, it's almost like, when have I got time to put this self-care in? And you don't want to do that. You really want to step back and start saying no to the things that don't align with your values. All right, I am going into number four. And I kind of already talked about this one a little bit when I was talking about relaxation and rejuvenation. But 
getaways and retreats. So they say kind of like replenishing the well. Taking time for yourself through retreats or getaways allows you to, I guess, disconnect from the demands of daily life, especially if you've got kids. There's like a lot of demands there. (laughs) And it lets you reconnect with that kind of inner wisdom, that inner self. And I really believe that that is the well of creativity, your inner self. And I believe that that's where your innovation comes from. And I believe that's also where tuition and your ideas come from. So that inner self is very important to take time to replenish. So go on a retreat or a getaway. Disconnect from the demands of daily life. These moments of retreat provide that opportunity to rejuvenate, to relax, to gain clarity. And then when we come back... We probably want to go back again straight away if you're anything like me. But when we come back from experiences like that, we bring back a renewed sense of calm, reduced stress levels, amped up energy. We come back as a better version of ourselves. And again, we will have things like fresh perspective, heightened empathy, and a revitalized spirit. So how is that not caring about other people? How is that selfish? And one last one I want to bring to your attention, one last reason for loving yourself is for mental health maintenance. And we want to strive, well, I want to strive and I do strive for positivity bias. So what that means is I'm not one of these people that just believe positivity is the answer for everything. Like, oh, I'm sorry, you know, somebody in your family passed away, but surely there's a good side of that. Or I'm sorry you lost your job today and you can't afford to feed your family. Like, Surely there's something positive there. I get that life can be shit. And I've experienced it myself. So I'm very mindful of not telling people to be positive. But what I do suggest or encourage is to strive for positivity bias, which means in most situations, you will reach for the positive rather than the negative. You will look for the positive rather than the negative. And that's what positivity bias means. So by prioritizing our mental health and our emotional well-being, we will then have the ability to offer positive energy to everybody around us. And I am very mindful of being that positive energy around people. By taking care of my mental health through practices like therapy, I've seen a bunch of different therapists, all been very helpful in their own way. Um, But a lot of the work that I've done myself has really impacted my mental health in the most positive way. So self-reflection, engaging in hobbies that I enjoy, uh, I'm always working on cultivating that positive mindset and that emotional resilience and making sure that I'm looking after me and my mental health. For example, I am self-employed. Uh, I've had a, and I put in it in inverted commas, I've had a normal job once and uh, it wasn't good for my mental health. And I think a lot of people with ADHD actually do struggle in the same way. 
Um, but for me, as soon as I have a job, so to speak, a nine to five with a boss, for some reason, <laughs> that impacts my mental health greatly because I feel like I no longer have the same freedom that I have um, as an entrepreneur. But in saying that, that's something that I've had to work very hard to make sure that I am able to sustain um, is a career that brings in money and all of those things that a normal nine to five bring in. So I can look after my mental health and my family at the same time. So positive energy that I get from having that mental, that positive mental health or that mental wellness, it kind of radiates out to my friends and my family and then people that I spend time around or come into contact with me. So I strive to create an uplifting and supportive atmosphere that benefits everyone. Let me tell you something. I could not do that if I was tired, exhausted, stressed and didn't look after myself. And this is why I say self-love is far from being a selfish endeavor. And I hope that you can see that because if your cup is empty, you cannot go filling other people's cups. You just don't have it in you. And if you did, then you're still not going to do the best job that you can in comparison to somebody that looks after themselves, somebody that me- that meditates, somebody that practices things like going on retreats, which I love, massages, exercises, all of those things to really cultivate that positive atmosphere, positive mindset. So as I said, self-love, self-care is far from being selfish. It's the foundation for being able to support and help others. The better you feel, the better you can support others. When you exercise, when you relax, when you set boundaries, when you go to retreats, when you nurture your mental wellness, you're not only enhancing your own well-being and creating longevity, in your life, but you're also empowering yourself to show up and be the best version of you that you can be for the people that you care about. And that makes you a damn great example for your kids, for your friends, for even your parents. Remember, by practicing self-love, you're not only filling your own cup, but you have this overflow of love, energy and support that you can share with others. And that creates a positive and empowering cycle of care and compassion. And that's what we want to foster in the world. So I hope you can see how caring about yourself and putting yourself first is actually putting everybody else first. It's not selfish. It's actually very selfless. All right, I had a question sent in and uh, I'm going to go through this question with you. But first, if you've got a question for the show about self-love or self-help or self-improvement or children or parenting, anything like that, you can click the link in the show notes and send it in. You will remain anonymous. We don't tell everybody your name on here. But you can send your question in and I will answer it on the show for you. Just be mindful that I am not a medical professional. And the advice that I do share is just from my own research, my own experience and my own education. 
and you should absolutely do your own research or seek professional advice before you make changes in your life. So here is this week's question. And this goes back to, I think, our last episode. And this person says, I've noticed my partner says things around my children and I've told him the negative impacts. He won't change and I don't know what to do. Mm, That is a hard one when you're not on the same page as your partner. The only thing you can do, well, there's a couple of things you can do. If you're noticing that your partner's not cultivating this positive mindset around your children and that's rubbing off on them, then firstly, you will need to work much harder on your positive mindset so you can inspire everybody around you to follow what you do. You can inspire people, just means you have to make them feel a certain way before they will follow. So if you cultivating this positive beautiful atmosphere they might come back at you for a while with something that doesn't match but they can't continue to do that it just won't work so if you lead by example then that will really help the other thing you can do is if you hear him say something that is not positive but is quite negative around the kids then you can try to reframe that now he may not like that but it's best to try to at least reframe it for the kids to hear it another way, whether you do it straight away or it's a bit harder later because kids be like, what are you talking about? But they internalize it way more than we think. So I would try to reframe what he says. And if he has a problem with that or he continues, that's when you just come back with love and positivity and you say, we'll talk about this later. Uh, But I hope that uh, gives you a little bit of insight and uh, something that you can try. It's definitely important, though, that you lead by example. Nobody and nothing will change around you otherwise. So if he can see that he sounds quite negative in comparison to you and it's happening often, it might be enough to start moving him towards his own journey of um, finding that positivity bias so yep lead by example all right I hope you enjoyed episode number 17 or the 17th visit to the self-improvement room I hope that you can foster your own self-love and self-care and learn that even though it might not be socially acceptable it's just that as a culture We don't realise sometimes what is best for us. And this is not just best for you, it's best for everybody around you. So fill your own cup first, let it overflow and then fill everybody else's cup. Kind of like they do or they tell you to do on the plane. If you need an oxygen mask, they tell you to take your oxygen first before you help anybody else. Because you cannot help any children or anyone around you if you don't have the oxygen first. So... Make sure you put you first. All right, until next week, stay safe, stay well, and give yourself a little bit of self-care. Maybe go on a retreat, book a holiday. All right, I will catch you next week where we are going to talk about strengthening your child's defense 
against bullies. And this will be helpful as well if you are being bullied in your workplace. All right, stay safe and stay well.